What's up, bees? Hello. Welcome to the Brit on Blast podcast, where we put everything and anything on blast. I forgot that intro this week and tried to play it off cool, and it didn't go over well. I lost that battle. I'm um, like, she's like, wait, what? I'm like, the intro. <laughs> We've done it a hundred times. Oh my gosh. We have almost done it. What is it? 46 times now, Christian? Woo. Okay. We've been so doing that this. was an over-exaggeration. We, but... In reality, we've practiced because we failed a bunch as well. Yeah, it feels like we've done it a hundred times. Um, we've been doing this longer than we ever expected to do it. So thank you so much for coming back and listening to us time and time again. We are going to talk to you this week about sales. So excited about this. I know that you guys are probably thinking, well, this doesn't really pertain to me if you're not someone who owns a business or selling a product or a service. However, sales can just help you in your life in so many ways, whether you are a small business owner selling a product, whether you are selling a service, whether you're a mom who needs to sell herself or advocate for her child, like you need this. Sales is so pertinent to success into our lives these days. Yeah. Sales is literally just a mindset. Um, and I think it's a mindset that when you meet a really good salesperson that you don't feel like a sleazy or trying to manipulate you into anything, you can see that in that person and they just exude confidence, um, and strength. And that's what we want to give to you guys. So here are some tips that will help you with that. So, um, without further ado, let's do it. All right. Okay. So I gave a presentation last week on, um, with the small Reno small business Alliance about sales and it was a super fun time. I love talking to everybody. So if y'all were there, thank you so much for coming. I really, really appreciated it. It was so exciting to be able to share my message with you guys and help everybody kind of um, learn more about sales. So Britain was like, Hey, why don't we talk about sales again and just share it with all of our listeners? Because there are a lot of you and you wouldn't have all fit in shanties because there's so many of you at this point, but we wanted to make sure that you could, um, hear what I shared on Wednesday. And it's definitely something that, you know, Britain uses in her business every single day. Sales is a big thing. Um, and, and if you're, tuning into this and you're like, sales is not something that I do. I think you would be surprised to find out that, um, you have created a brand, a self-identifying brand that is yours, that you carry with you everywhere that you go. And even if you don't sell a product or you don't sell a service, you are selling yourself everywhere that you go. So a lot of this can um, pair over in relationships, dating, um, how you present yourself in an interview, any of those things. So um, without further ado, let's kind of jump into, you know, why this should matter to you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just um, a little recap. When Britt spoke last Wednesday at Shanny's, it was just, um, you know, when you're like friends with someone and you know what they're about, but then you get to see them do their thing. It was just so cool to be able to like watch her share her expertise with everyone. And so I was like, and I learned so much, like I do sales for a living, but I walked away with so much that I'm like using, like I said, not just in my business, but you know, in life as well, like in my personal brand, like Britt was saying. Um, so I wanted her to share it with all you. And I think that, um, if you're like, she said, if you're not someone who has a product or selling a service, like that doesn't mean that you don't need sales skills because over our lifetime, you know, products, services, technology is going to change, but your capability of selling equips you with a skill that you can have for your entire life. And it will, I mean, pretty much ensure your success across the board if um, you're able to sell, you mm -hmm. know? And so it's like, it doesn't matter what the economy does. It doesn't matter, you know, what new technology comes out. Even if you don't have a background in that, you're going to be able to use your sales skills and have a job. And I think sales people think is a bad word and like sales people are bad people, but I think it's important. And that was why I was really excited to give this presentation because people sometimes will be surprised that I am in sales and that I have an entire career in sales because I'm not sleazy or I'm not like forceful. And to me, you know, if I were selling a product I didn't believe in, then maybe I would come off as a little sleazy. Um, but you know, there are 
we're all selling something at a certain point and it doesn't need to be a bad word. And we're going to get into some of the reasons why maybe people come off as like sleazy in sales. Um, but really all it comes down to is like knowing who you are authentically, having the confidence and the resilience to, to keep coming back over and over and over again, because it really is, it all comes down to your mindset, which is like a really important thing. And the reason that people who are in sales get kind of a bad rap is because they are forced to be overly confident. They are forced to be overly resilient. They kind of have like, um, like a false sense of reality sometimes, but as a salesperson, you have to live in that space because you're going to reach out to a hundred people and only 10 of those people are going to even respond. And that doesn't mean it's going to be a polite response. And only out of those 10 people, only one of them is going to close the deal. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of rejection. And it's not always a lot of payoff. So do you know what this just made me think of? Because mm -hmm. we have to relate this to sports. It's almost like the, like an athlete. You know, you fail so many times over and over again. Like Michael, I saw like some stupid TikToker reel. And it was like Michael Jordan took... I don't even know, 700 and something game ending shots. He missed like, and these stats are not correct, but this is just for the point. Theoretically he speaking. He missed, you know, over half of them, but he continued to want the ball in his hands and he continued to take that shot. And like salespeople are the same way. Like if you asked him who's the best and who should take the game ending shot, he could have missed three the last week, but he's going to say, no, give me the ball. And that's the same thing with salespeople. It's like having that confidence to return back. And even after you've been rejected to just show up and know that you are going to close that deal. Um, so yeah, in short, being able to sell confidently will be a huge tool as you navigate through life. So let's just get into it. Yeah. So, um, obviously we've talked about this in terms of business dollar bills are the only way that we keep our doors open. So sales are the lifeblood of a business. Um, so I don't know if, if you don't want to sell, nothing else really matters, not right. in business anyway. And you're so you're not in business if you're not selling. Right. So you do not have a business if you are not making sales, you have a hobby. So just know the difference between that and just know that's how important sales are for a business. Um, and then also for your personal brand, that's how important it is to, you know, sell yourself in the, in the way that you want to and portray yourself to the world in the way that you want to. So yeah. Let's get into it. Okay. So sales is hundred percent your mindset, confidence, and resilience. I know I already said that, but I just want to like really narrow that in. And that means like mindset, comp confidence, and resilience are three life skills that you need as a human being in order to continue on through the challenges in life. Because I don't know if anybody else has noticed this. I'm 32, about to be 33. And I'll tell you what, life has been a son of a bitch <laughs> and I'm just out here. Like, it's not going to get any easier. I had a realization the other day. I was like, this is it. This is, this is my life. Like this is, it's gonna keep getting harder. And I only have to learn how to conquer these tiny things and continue to be resilient, keep my mindset right. So that people still want to be around me because nobody likes that and stay confident to know that there's a potential that I could actually be successful. And if I don't do those things, then I should just give up and not do it. And I should like that. There's no point. Like I don't know. It's a life. Those are life skills. Like your life isn't going to get any easier than it is right now. And if you look back to like where your life was 10 years ago, that was a probably way easier situation. I, I actually, as I say that, I'm like, wait, hold on. My situation was horrible because I was in a terrible marriage. But I think what the theory is, is like, I, I look at it then it's like, at least I had somebody helping a little bit with finances. Like there was another stream of income, even though like there was something there, you know what I mean? Like you have a partner. That's why you stay. I mean, I stayed for 10 years. So there's gotta be a reason why I thought that was a little bit easier. It was a lot harder to divorce the man and move on and restart my life in a new, in my old city. Right. With growth just comes more complications. I mm -hmm. think is what we're getting at. It's like, you look back on your life and it's like, Oh, it seems so simple. You know, back yeah. in college, it felt so overwhel overwhelming, but you're like, actually that was pretty simple. You yeah. know, I had to go to class, I had to write a few papers, like whatever. But like now it's just, everything seems more complicated. So I totally agree. Like mindset, confidence, and resilience, all three things that you need to move forward in life and in mm -hmm. sales. So the first one mindset. So be empathetic, but not emotional. Sorry. Go Yo, go, go, go. I go. just got pumped. Yeah. Okay. So I want to just narrow, like, I want to nail this into everybody's head. Empathy is understanding how somebody feels, not making excuses for why 
they feel or do the things that they do because of the way that they feel. It is not creating emotions. It's empathetic is not emotional. You don't need to be like, let's say, for example, I go to a a retailer and this is theoretical, right? I have a product. I go to a retailer that's a boutique to sell a product to them. They don't have any dollars and they're open to buy. That means that they can't afford me right now. And maybe they're trying to reorder and they're sold out of stock. So they're missing an opportunity here. I'm not going to give that retailer product for free so that they can then sell my product and I don't make anything. That hurts me. If I was running my business emotionally for them, I would feel bad for them. And I would be like, oh my gosh, well, let me do, it's my responsibility to fix the problem that they had. I don't know what they did in their finances. And this is completely theoretical. I don't know what they did in their finances to be in a situation where they can't afford more inventory. That's not my problem. I can feel really bad for them and say like, that is a shitty situation to be in going into the holidays. I'm really sorry for you. Best of luck. Let me know when you're, you have more dollars available and you're open to buy. I'm going to continue on with my life and they can figure out how to make that work. Right. No, I think that it's being empathetic is putting yourself in the other person's shoes. You don't need to live there. You don't need to stay there. Put yourself there. Understand why they're making the decisions that they're making, whether it be to buy your product or not buy your your product, but then move on. Yep. Right. And so you don't have to carry that emotional, you know, backpack around with you for it's not yours. the rest of it. Yeah, it's not yours. If a man leaves you, and this is I just because I'm talking to a lot of my girlfriends right now, if a man leaves you, it has nothing to do with you. Like why people make the decisions they make has nothing to, you can feel sorry for the circumstance that they've created around that, but it's not your responsibility to fix them, to change them. We're not here to change people. We're only here to change and affect ourselves in our own lives. And so don't take it personally. Yeah. You know, it's not about you. So, and be grateful for the opportunities that you have and, you know, a chance to share your skills and yep. to learn from them. Yep. So your mindset, you know, be empathetic, but not emotional. Yep. I think that it also goes back to our game day podcast that yeah. we did where you have to prepare yourself and you have to get in the zone. So before you go into a sales meeting, you have to get into the right mindset. You have to like make yourself that person. Cause for some of us, if you're very introverted, you have to make yourself extroverted mm-hmm. and step into that, like almost like alter ego, not saying that you're not being authentic to yourself because you are, but like get yourself high meet the energy level and Mm -hmm. go in there with confidence, stand up straight and do your deal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the next thing we're going to talk about is confidence. Confidence. Um, I think you hear a lot of people say that are in sales, say that they have to believe in the product. Like I hear a lot of people who are like, I don't know if I like sales, but like, I like sharing products that I love. Okay. So you're just selling products that you love. That's all, that's all you're doing. Like all of these influencers, everybody that's just like trying to get people to buy products or to buy something that they believe in, you're just selling. So, um, having the confidence, believing in your product and yourself, knowing that you could like truly go out and make a difference in somebody's lives. I'm really like, I think people think that I love sales and I love, I don't. I don't love sales. I'm going to be dead honest. Like I don't, I don't love selling things. I love product, people, and personal development. I truly love those things to the core of my, and like social development. I love those things to the core of my being. I know that if I provide a product that is dual facing, we're taking my candles, for example, it's dual facing support on mental health. It serves some, it serves the consumer and it serves somebody in need of mental health support. I also love knowing that there's enough margin in there to grow my retailers bottom line. So that's, that's three ways that I get to grow different areas. That is what I sell. I sell the ability to grow and develop yourself, your business and your community. That's what I believe in. And I can have confidence in that because it's outside of myself. I think, and I said this on Wednesday, like if you don't believe in yourself, find something external that you believe so deeply in that you can share it. Unfortunately, as women, it's hard for us sometimes to like do things for ourselves. But if we have the drive of somebody else that is depending on us to do this thing, it helps us to push that thing forward and to be more confident in what we do. For me, that's my little brother. Like that gives me the confidence to like, when I don't want to show up for work one day or I'm feeling scared or I'm feeling sad, that gives me the confidence to keep pushing forward. Um, Have faith that you have the best possible solution. I know that with every detail of my candle, I offer the best candle. That is the minimum 
baseline of it, but I also know I provide the best service within the candle industry. I know I provide great profit margins for my retailers. I know that I have, um, you know, a great mission behind my product. And then just really, really important to remember in life, no one cares about what you do like you do. So you have to gain confidence through your work ethic because nobody's going to care about anything that you're doing as much as you're going to care about it. I can preach on this podcast all day long about mental health and I can preach all day on human flux flux about mental health and like get so freaking passionate about it. Nobody is going to care about it as much as I do because they haven't experienced what I've experienced. They don't put the blood, sweat and tears in it. So, you know, you have to have confidence in what you do and why you do it because nobody else cares. Like they're just not going to have that excitement about it, the passion about it that you do. And you can't expect them to. That's unfair. Britain, tell us what BLFT is all about because you know it's my favorite place to shop. The Biggest Little Fashion Truck is a family-owned and operated boutique on wheels. We got started five years ago because I had this deep desire to make women feel more confident. And I found out that one of the many ways you can enhance your confidence was through clothing. Hence our why, confidence through clothing. We love some confidence in our lives. We pride ourselves in bringing back that old school expertise in customer service by providing an experience, whether it be at our pop-up events around town. We love the pop-up events. I'm at those with her all the time and they are fire. Or we have a storefront, the Babe Cave. We just want each and every babe to feel better and be ready to be seen after shopping with us. Shop us online at the Babe Cave or our pop-up events at local businesses around town. We can't wait to see you and a little something special we have for you. Use promo code BOB20 for 20% off your purchase online. Hell yeah, I'm gonna be shopping today. So Britt, why intentional candles for mental health? Because building healthy habits around your intentions can have a positive impact on not only your mental health, but your overall productivity. I wanted to create a premium non-toxic candle that reminded my customers that life is complex and we can live in the and space. Talking about mental health and mental illness doesn't always have to be scary or depressing. Uh, Sometimes it can be fun and enlightening. We are wildly unique and expansive creatures as we've talked about on the podcast before. And we can be many things in a day. And sometimes we just need to light a candle to remind ourselves who the fuck we are and what we are capable of. I 100% agree with that. Plus your candles smell so good and they fill up my whole house. I hear you have something special for our listeners. I do. I have a little promo for our bees. Y'all can head to havenandflux.com and use code BOB20 at checkout to get 20% off your order. I hope y'all enjoy. I feel like that's one of the biggest challenges I have, um, in scaling my business is that, you know, we believe so much in our product as far as like what it can do for that person, which is give them confidence, Mm -hmm. but also it's hard to translate that into other people because, you know, we care so much about BLFT and about the, our customers coming in that it's hard to hire and have people replicate that. And while you can, and there's certain people out there, you just have to be very selective. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, believing in your product and yourself and knowing that no one is going to care about what you do like you do. No one's going to care about your business as much as you do. If you, you know, and this is, this goes back to like yourself. Like if you are selling your personal brand or if you are in talks for a promotion, no one's going to care about it as much as you do. Your boss doesn't care about it as much as you do. So you have to go in there with that confidence and advocate for yourself. Um, I think that a huge place that I get, I can get confidence from is from pulling from past successes. So Mm -hmm. during a sales opportunity, it's like trust your preparation and pull confidence from the past successes that you've had. You know, the more chances you have at this, the more you're going to learn what works and what doesn't and pull from what works. Um, The next thing we're going to talk, go ahead. Well, I just think that like, I want to remind people that people are innately selfish. It's, it's human nature to be selfish. It's a survival instinct that we have. So whether you're going into a business agreement or you're going into an interview or you're going into a relationship with a new person, like 
you should expect that person is going to be selfish towards their needs. And then you should also be selfish towards your needs. If you don't show up as, let's say for example, in dating, if you don't show up as exactly who you are, and this is what I did with the puppy, I did not show up as exactly who I was because I didn't know who I was. I just got out of like a 10 year toxic marriage. Like I had no idea who I was. So that man ended up with a version of me that wasn't true and real to myself. When I finally couldn't hold it back anymore, he was like, whoa, who the fuck is this? And I was like, whoa, you can't handle who I am. And then that made me feel insecure. That's not on the puppy. That's on me. That was my, did he handle that situation wrong? Absolutely. But if you don't show up and say, these are what my needs are. This is what I expect. This is how I run my life. I'm a whole person on my own. Do you want to join me as a whole person on your own and be partners with me? Then that relationship is never going to work out. It's not going to work out in dating. It's not going to work out in friendships and it's not going to work out in sales. I think that it's just like negotiating. Yeah. It's a constant negotiation in life. And also I think that, you know, confidence is pulled from you knowing who you are. I was listening to Ed Milet show today on my way here and he was talking about how you know, he had an expert therapist on his show that was talking about relationships. And the thing he was talking about was like self-love and Mm -hmm. how that's thrown around so widely now. It's like overused. Everyone's like self-love, self-love, self-care, whatever. And he was like, you can love people that you don't necessarily like. So you can love your family members, you know, because they're your aunt, uncle, sibling, cousin, whatever. You love them regardless of what they do and who they are. But do you like that person? And so he said, instead of self-love, it should be self-like. Do you like who you are? You can gain confidence by truly diving into yourself and figuring out you and creating a relationship with yourself that you like, you know, falling in love with yourself and liking yourself and therefore pull the confidence from that. And you, so you might not be there. You might not be 100% confident right now. That's okay. You weren't 100% no. confident going into your relationship. At Listen the to episode one, but the timing of everything works out. So like, if you're not there, go back, develop a relationship with yourself and your confidence will build from that. Mm-hmm. And then you will be able to believe in yourself and your product. Yep. Okay. So resilience, um, this is, I feel like Britain is the queen of this. I'm, I'm working on this. I feel like I'm resilient. And if you kick me down to the curb, I will get back up swinging. There's a hundred percent chance, Absolutely. but having discipline and being consistent is something that I need to work on so that when I, I'm not getting knocked down to the curb and having to get back up swinging, <laughs> just makes it a little bit I more mean, Sometimes it happens regardless. <laughs> I think, you know, I, you are able to do that. Yeah. You've done it time and time again, but I think just, yeah, having discipline and being consistent. It almost tricks your mind into being like, oh, I'm just going through the next motion, right? If you're, you know, being consistent in what you do and like you may feel, you may wake up on a Monday and feel like absolute garbage and you don't want to do anything. You're Mm -hmm. feeling emotional, whatever it is. Hormones are going wacky. I don't know who's been there. But (laughs) if you wake up and you just start your day with consistency of like what you do, things kind of start to roll and it tricks your mind into thinking that you're okay. Um, So yeah, being resilient. You guys are going to get rejected in everything. You've probably already been rejected. And the great news is, is if you've already been rejected, which if you're in your thirties or late twenties, there's a hundred percent chance that you have, as you get rejected, remember you survived it. Like you are going to continue to get rejected. The harder that you try, the bigger that you go, the more rejections you will get. It doesn't make what you're doing bad. It doesn't make you bad. It doesn't mean that people don't see you or value you or love you. Sometimes it just means that it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right place. I remember I worked for, um, he was my mentor at the time. Um, and he would say, Jason, he would say to me, uh, no means maybe maybe means yes. And yes means yes. So just remember that if somebody tells you no, that there's a possibility that, and this is in sales to be clear. If, if somebody says, says no, (laughs) that's a no, (laughs) but (laughs) just want to clarify that. But like in sales, like if there's a business opportunity, sometimes it just means it's the wrong time and that it could potentially be the right time at another time. So, um, Every, and that's where you get into the next one. Like every no is an opportunity to learn or to create a new opportunity. So maybe that oppor- that thing wasn't for you, right? Like I look at, again, we'll just go to the dating example, but like I look at the situation with the puppy. I felt so rejected. I felt like so insecure. I felt like I wasn't like worthy of him. 
I felt like so many things, like I just wasn't like, I felt so rejected when I needed somebody so badly and it hurt me obviously, but there were so many learnings that I had to learn in order to be the person that I am today. I can honestly say that if I had stayed in a relationship with the puppy, I would not have learned the level of resilience that I have. I wouldn't be able to help my friends through their breakups the way that I've been able to help them. I wouldn't have this like clear understanding of the fact that the puppy is a wonderful man who had some like very serious childlike behaviors that were never going to fit for me. I now understand timing and how like that person just wasn't meant for me. And he taught me so much about myself. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have Haven in flux if it weren't for him. I wouldn't love snowboarding again. I wouldn't like have that just insane adventure spirit that I had that confidence. He gave that to me. He helped me back to that after my ex-husband. So I do, I really genuinely, genuinely appreciate him. But again, I would not have learned any of those lessons or it would have taken me longer to learn them had I not had him. Yeah, no, I, I feel like, you know, every no is an opportunity to learn. So like in your case, in relationships, when you fail or you get rejected, you can, like it's almost beneficial because you learn about what works for you and what does it. It's like you learn what you're willing to compromise on and what your mm-hmm. what your non-negotiables are in a relationship and then as you move on and date someone else you're able to recognize, you know, the positives and like you know the things that they're bringing to the table, you're able to recognize them and appreciate them. Yep. If you hadn't had the puppy. Are we talking about the puppy? The puppy. Yeah, yeah. If you hadn't had the puppy, then you wouldn't be able to, when your next relationship recognize the positive. So, you know, this is just like selling, like when you get rejected, you're able to learn about what went wrong and then your ability to not repeat those in the future. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have to fail. And we've always talked about failure as like expediting you on your journey. It just gets you there quicker. Absolutely. So use these rejections as you know, almost like a blessing and not a stepping stone to get to your destination quicker. And I want to just put in a business example of this. When I started Haven in Flux, um, you know, I, it took off so quickly that I kind of like, when I started doing the mental health and giving a dollar back, people cared, but they didn't care that much. Like, again, people are innately selfish. A lot of people are just buying the candle to like buy the candle. They wanted a candle. Added bonus. Added bonus. Cool, 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 cool. Uh But I was like serious about making people look at mental health. Like I wanted people, I wasn't donating a dollar to mental health America. Plenty of people throw money at causes. I wasn't trying to do that. So I built in mental health services into the candle because I was like, you're going to fucking pay attention to your mental health. And then you're going to understand why it's so important for somebody with a severe mental illness to have the services that they need. I'm going to force you to look at this thing. And I made it all encompassing because I knew that if I didn't, and I learned that through listening to the customer, I was going out and I was like, oh, these people don't care that they care, but they don't care. Like I care. Like, how do I make them care? Like I care. Right. And they're probably going back to our, the confidence thing. Like they're probably never going to care because their brother doesn't suffer from schizo, schizoaffective disorder, but, or maybe, I don't know. I don't know people's situations, but like, I want to create a space where when my brother goes to the grocery store or he goes to sushi with my mom, people don't stare at him in a way that makes him feel like he's a pariah. So if I'm going to do that, then I need to force other people to look at themselves in the mirror and say, this candle is for mental health. And this is how we fix mental health. And by the way, we also give a dollar to mental health America. That was like a big learning. And, and again, like by, hearing and maybe it wasn't a no, but it was like maybes, right? Mm-hmm. I turned those maybes into yes towards my mission. Absolutely. That's, I mean, a great platform to do it. And I think that there's so many businesses out there that do it correctly. I mean, Firehouse Subs is one of them. Mm-hmm. You know, you go there because the same, you feel like a sandwich, but then you leave having donated an extra dollar or rounded up at, at your purchase to first responders, right? right? And then there's other companies that do it and it just doesn't really align. So you've you've hit the nail on the head because it's your why, but like when other companies are like, oh, and by the way we give back, it's like, yeah, no, no, I, I, I'm confused and I don't really, I'm going to buy your product regardless, but like what's going on yeah. here. So it's like, there's like Tom's the one for one. That was like the, yeah. the Tom shoes. Like that was the first business that did it like hardcore. Right. And so you felt so good. You were like, oh my gosh, I love these shoes. And 
a child in Africa gets a pair. Mm -hmm. Like this is amazing. And then there's companies that have tried to replicate that time and time again, and it just doesn't feel authentic. So doing it because you care so much that translates to the customer. Right. So, okay, we're going to get into the three keys of sales. I just got like super passionate about it. And then I thought of like 17 other things. I was like, we need to give you the three keys to sales or we're never going to get through this podcast. (laughs) These are the three keys to sales, three keys to your life. Yeah. So I love to remind people of this all the time. Unless you are selling food, shelter, or medical supplies and services, you do not offer anything anyone cannot live without. That literally includes yourself. (laughs) So how do you make the consumer believe that you do? And maybe not the consumer, the other person, somebody in the relationship, you do not provide, you have to assume that you provide nothing that this person can't live without. And by the way, the other person doesn't provide anything to you that you can't live without because you are already full and confident within yourself. Right. So it's a level playing field going into it. So the first thing you need to do is to just show up. Mm -hmm. So be authentic and understand your niche. Yep. So you want to lead with grace and say what you mean and do what you say. So this is super, super important because people kind of like what Britton just said, Tom started with an authentic mission. And it's so crazy that you brought that up. And that was kind of where my spiral went because I sold shoes when those launched at Nordstrom department store. I was in BP shoes selling Tom's when they first launched, they were $45. And those shoes took off. Like they just like And then I would, then when I was on the road with Goriana, I was like out in, in Austin, Texas. And they had the pop-up shop that I think that was like one of their first stores that they had. And it was on South Congress and there would be lines, like lines outside. And then they turned it into the coffee because they realized they could do more there. And then they turned it into the sunglasses because they realized they could do more with like eyewear. And it just, that he believes so deeply in the mission to give people the supplies that they need in order to be successful that you couldn't have, there's no possible way that you could have said to looked at that guy in the face and been like, yeah, you're a fraud. Right? Like there's no way that you could have said that because he was so passionate about what he's doing. People can, can sniff that out for lack of better term. Oh, absolutely. So the first thing to understand is who is your demographic? And the reason that we say demographic, instead of saying like your target customer or anything like that is because if you're actually selling something, you need to understand this person to their core. Okay. So that means who's your customer, but how old are they? Where do they live? What are their interests? How much do they make? People get really uncomfortable with the dollar amount, especially when you're in product sales. If, if you're selling to, I sell to a customer who has a decent amount of money. I like, this is going to sound really probably fucked up, but I like, I see myself as Robin Hood. I'm going to steal from the rich and give back to the people who need it. So I go after a higher price point consumer because I know that even in times of hardship, those people will probably still buy candles. Right. And that serves my mission. And that's important to me. So what are their priorities? Again, Somebody who has a shit ton of money probably really values the way that their home and their space and everything looks. So they're going to continue to spend money on my candles at $36. And when you see that the candle is $36 compared to these other high price, high value candles that are between, you know, $45 and $75, my candle looks like a fucking shining star because it's cheaper than those candles, but still has the quality and provides something that I am very passionate about. So you have your demographic laser focus, like you know exactly what they want, you know exactly what they need. I want us to add something here, like you may not know what your demographic is right now. Go into it and try mm-hmm. to figure that out, answer some questions. I wanna say that when I first started BLFT, my demographic was, I thought my demographic was gonna be something that it was not. Yeah. And so sometimes you have to change. Like I learned really quickly that I didn't want to sell to the college age students. I thought it was going to be like super trendy. And while we are trendy, we geared towards a, like a older age Mm -hmm. because they have more money. And that's where people are going to buy multiple pieces versus just the one. Like, I don't want trinkets. I don't want cheap jewelry. I want to sell quality products. And so that's when like halfway through year one, I was like, whoa, 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 I need to change and shift gear. So it's like, you may be on one path and it might not be working, but you are able to change that. Just Mm -hmm. be deliberate and ask yourself these questions. Who is your customer? How old are they? Where do they live? What are their interests? What do they need? And what do they want? Yep. It'll help you with your pricing and everything else, which brings you into what are you offering? What could you, and this is, let's say you don't have an idea on what to sell at all, right? Like 
what are you even selling? So you could come into this and say like, this is who I want to sell to. And I think that's the most important thing, right? And I did it backwards too. Cause as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, when I started the candle was $24 and I didn't give back to mental health America. I was just having a good old time. Then I realized I could do something bigger and I right. changed. And that's important too. You can be malleable. Like you can adjust, you can pivot, you can change and you have to in business. So be prepared to do that. But what are you offering? What do you, or could you sell? How are you fulfilling a need in the market? or for your customer. What are your intentions? This is huge. What are your intentions? My intention is to make it so that people like my brother have a fighting chance at living a normal life. That is my number one intention. I don't give a fuck how I get there. Like, and obviously you can hear how passionate I get because I start swearing and everything, but like, I don't care how I get there. I don't care what I have to use to get there, but that is what I'll do. Right. Like knowing your why. Yeah. You will constantly be referred back to that as we go through these. So what sets you apart? Who are your competitors and what are they, what are you doing better than your competitors? I think this is something that's so huge. It's not, and I really want to make this point. You don't pay attention. You don't follow your competitors so closely. You're aware of what they're doing. You just need to stay true to yourself and stick to what you do best. And that will set you apart from your competitors. But I think sometimes people get so hyper-focused on their competitors and what they're doing that it almost paralyzes you. Don't do that. Know what your competitor is doing. Keep a feel out there, but don't pay attention to them to where you're not focusing on your business. But at the same time, like differentiate yourself so that you are different than your competitors and that you bring something to the table that they don't. I mean, we did, we did this as, you know, in a room full of a lot of like, um, estheticians and hairstylists and people within the cosmetology space. And, you know, it's important for you to understand, you know, you know, you're not the only hairdresser in Reno. Okay. You know that already, you know, you're not the only hairdresser in the world, but what do you offer that nobody else offers? What service do you provide? And my example to this was I literally go to my hairdresser because she can put up with my shit for my hair. I have so much hair. It takes like minimum three hours to do it to do very minimal to it. I mean, it takes like 20 minutes, 30 minutes just to dry my hair. This person has to put up with my shit and like deal with my personality for at least three to five hours. That, and I have to put up with their shit, to be clear. Like I have to enjoy this, the time I'm, this is like a relationship I have to have with this person. So that is a big selling point for why I go to Amanda versus going to anybody else. Like she understands me and I like to sit with her. That could literally be what sets you apart. All right, so you guys know that I live for Western wear, specifically my boots and my hat. So I wanna talk a little bit about a brand new brand that is new to Reno, Nevada, and is from our beautiful babe over here. So Britton, tell us what Murdoch's is. Well, first of all, hats have been one of my truest loves since I was a kid. I swear I had a hat on in every single picture as a child. And then they quickly became a BLFT signature. We couldn't find the hat that was just perfect. And so we decided to design our own. Murdoch's is a family brand that started in the great state of Nevada in the 1950s. My great grandparents started Murdoch's Western wear. Fast forward 60 years, the Murdoch sisters recreate this homegrown brand by curating a hat line that embodies the spirit of Nevada. We were raised in this amazing state and we watched a Nevadan's ability to put in a hard day's work on the ranch followed by a hard night's play at the casinos. We pulled inspiration from the everyday beauty around us, the sunsets, Lake Tahoe, the mountains, and the forests. I'm not gonna lie, I have full body chills right now because you hit so many nails on the head just now. Like there's nothing that screams Reno, Nevada more than family and community and a little bit of Western. So the fact that you put all of our favorite things together and then you made it all about like bringing back the roots of your family brings me so much joy. Y'all need to check out Murdoch's Hats. Where do you find them? Murdoch'sHatsInApparel.com. We love it. Go shop, y'all. You're enjoying this episode on Angel Phoenix Productions Podcast Network. To explore our complete lineup of quality programs and media production services, head on over to angelphoenix.com or like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Angel Phoenix Productions. which again, goes back to being your authentic self, which is our next point. 
Are you being authentic? Amanda and I don't agree on everything. This is my hairdresser again. We don't agree on everything in life. Like, Mm -mm. but I really like her as a person. I think she's a solid person. I care about her. And I do those things because she shows up even when I don't agree with her exactly as she is. Right. And I appreciate and love her for that. And that is why she's still my hairdresser. So being honest with yourself, are you showing up authentically? You know, um, the only thing that sets you apart from your competitors is your story and your personality. I love that. Amanda shows up as herself. You're not going to go to someone else because you like her personality. It vibes with you. It's not going to vibe with everyone, but it vibes with you. So word of mouth is the number one most effective marketing strategy. And I mean, honestly, it's how BLFT is still in business. So especially with social media right now, obviously that's word of mouth on steroids. It can make or break you. So For us at BLFT, the number one thing that we do is make people feel good and confident through their clothing. When they come to our store, we, it's how we make them feel that sets us apart from other competitors. And I'm not saying that the competitors out there aren't doing something great too. Maybe their product is better. I don't know what it is, but whatever is we're doing at BLFT is working. We're going to continue to do that. Yeah. So much of selling is being true to yourself. If you're losing track of yourself and saying things that you don't mean just to get the sale, the customer is going to sniff that out. They're going to realize that like you just need to create trust with your customer and they are more likely to spend money with you if they think that you're a good person. You know, you're a good person. So just be yourself. Again, that goes back to being confident and having the mindset, you know, the number one differentiator and the exact thing your customer is missing is your unique, authentic offering. I go to Amanda because she's silly and she's goofy and she's cute. We have a similar vibe. We're both covered in tattoos. And I like the fact that she's obsessed with David Bowie so much that she bought the exact shoes that he wore and this like specific thing. I love that about her. Also, she's six feet. Hi. She's committed. She's committed. We're the same person. Basically, I go to her because she's like a a tall, skinny version of me. But no one else can offer that. So she has, and that's the number one thing that you have over everyone else is yourself. Is being authentic to you and what you can offer. Yes. Number two is be present. So listen, observe, and solve the problem. How will you know what people want if you never listen? I love this quote so much. I, I made the quote, so obviously I love it. More often than not, people will tell you their insecurities and their desires without you having to ask a single question. So listen carefully. This is a great one in dating or in any relationship. If you just listen to what somebody is telling you, I swear to God, they will literally tell you what they don't like, what they do like, their insecurities. Like you will be able to look at that. You are just a mirror to people. Like they are just going to like tell you, and maybe this is just me because per the conversation we had with Tay Gruy, like people just tell me weird shit, but like people will absolutely tell you their insecurities and their desires. If you just listen, you don't even have to ask a single question. I swear to God, it's true. Right. And so I like to add to this, like listen and remember. So as they're talking to you, you know, remember what they're saying. You can find out what's important to this person and remember that. Bring it up in the next time that you have, if they're a repeat customer and the next time that they come back, bring up something that you remember from the first conversation or even just later on in the conversation, if it's a one-time customer, it will go a long way. It will show that you're listening and that you care. Yeah, wait, what is that thing your dad does? The three things. So my dad is an incredible salesperson. He's worked in the casino business for 40 plus years and, um, I think he's the number one people person that I've ever seen interact in ever. Like he is so good at what he does. Um, and for a long time in his career, he had to host high rollers. Um, and he still does, but I think that's just who he is. He Mm -hmm. oozes this. He, and he does it, he does it for high rollers, but he also does it for every single employee that is under him. And he remembers three things about these people and what's important to them. So whether it be their dog, like, because like you said, people talk. So they share a lot of their lives, whether it be their dog, their grandchild, or, you know, they're getting married then in the next month. My dad will remember that and he will bring it up. So when he sees someone on the casino floor, he's like, oh, their dog's name is Buddy. And they're, you yeah. know, and he'll remember those things and he'll go up to him and in the conversation, he'll be like, how's Buddy doing? Did he go to the vet last week? Like, and it's amazing. And these people feel like they care. And that's the difference between those people going to my dad's casino and going somewhere else because there's 
a hundred casinos that they can choose from. You, you just, and again, being present is literally when you get the opportunity, right? You've done the thing, you've shown up, okay? Now you have the opportunity to actually make a difference in this person's life or to be a part of this person's life. Well, your whole point here is to connect. So listen and observe with empathy. That's exactly what your dad is doing. He's remembering things about these people so that he knows, so that those people know that they, that he cares about them. Absolutely. And that's all you're doing. You're trying to create a connection. You want to listen, feel, and understand connection. That's what connection is. You're listening, feeling, and understanding. Like that's, that's it. And when you do this, I mean, you can hear and observe anything that the customer needs. So it is an advantage for you and look for these opportunities, find the way to connect. Mm -hmm. I do that. I mean, I think that it's something that just happens naturally because Bridget and I do this at BLFT so much. We, I feel like when you come to BLFT, it's like shopping with a friend. Yeah. Like we're there to listen and we're there to match whatever energy you're bringing into our store. But like when people talk to you, it's an opportunity for you to take the information in and then not like use it against them, but like use it in the future to help them and fill the need that they're asking for. Right. They're like, oh, I have an event, like for us with shopping clothing, like I have an event and I never know what to wear. Or I'm going on this trip and I have to show up for three different things. Oh my God, it's raining so It's raining right and now. it's so loud. It sounds so loud. I, it sounds like hail. Um, or like I have an event that I'm going to, or on this trip, I have to show up for a brunch and a dinner. And yeah. so it's like, let me find these pieces that will make you feel so good. And I'll equip you with what you need for this trip. So just listening to I want to be very, very, very clear about something. I, we are not telling you to listen, to use something against somebody. That is not okay. That's no. manipulation and that's right. hurtful. We aren't out here to like, and that's the difference between a sleazy salesperson and what we're talking about. Britain's genuine goal in life is to give people confidence through clothing. End of story. So she doesn't like in any way, shape or form, she's not going out and being like, I'm selling this now. Does she make money off of each sale? Yes. Does that help her pay her bills? 1000%. That is just a byproduct of it, but she's going in it in into it with the heart of I am here to provide confidence through clothing. Clothing. The second she turns against that, I guarantee she'll come up against stickiness and not have sales. And that's not saying that she's doing that. That's no. just an example. And like, same in, for me. In fact, like I would, I actually have done this so many times where I talk people out of getting a piece. Yeah. And you know, like, and that sounds weird, but I'm so honest with them because A, I can tell by their body language if they're truly into it. And if they're not, I do not want them to go home and look at a BLF tea bag and be like, why did I buy that? So I truly talk people out of a piece if I don't think that it's best for them. And I also, if people genuinely are looking for my expert advice and this piece is not flattering on them, I will tell them. I'll say, let's find something else that is more flattering on you. And if we don't have it, I will direct them to a store that does. And I will direct them to a website and I'm say, this is the style that you need. We don't have it here at the at BLFT, but you can go on this website and buy it. And that would look so good on you. So I just want, at the end of the day, I truly want the customer to be happy. If they buy from BLFT, that's amazing. That's great. Typically we have some styles, even if it's not like the event where they're looking for, they can still go home with a piece that they love and will feel confident in. But like I said, I, my main goal is to have them feeling better about themselves when they leave Absolutely. to be confident. Yeah. And I think that this brings us into like the last piece of, of show up and it's, do you have a solution? And you really need to be honest with yourself. Not everyone is your customer. And that is what sets you apart. If everyone is your customer, then you don't have a business. I'm sorry. You know what? Like you, this goes back to Britain's analogy of your battery level. Okay. If I go out through my day all day long and I'm just like, yeah, I can help you. And yeah, I can do this. And yeah, I'm here for you. And I'm taking on this and I'm taking on that. And I'm just taking on all of this stuff. The quality of what I provide to each of those people is horrible because I'm not actually providing anything of value to them because I'm so tired. I'm so exhausted. And I have no idea what I'm actually talking about. You're just deluded. You're deluded. So there's no reason to do that. So, you know, you want to make sure again, going back to the beginning and saying that like, this is who my demographic is and this is who I want to help and support. And if you're looking at it in relationships, like these are the people I want to keep close to the belt. Like these are the people that I want to help. And these are the people that I want to support. You know, I look at my neighbor, Tara, she just started making this artwork and she's so incredible at it. Like she is the most talented artist. I think I've ever, like since my gammy, like my grandmother was an artist and like Tara is just 
it's insane what she creates. And she started doing these um, printed, she carves out on a linoleum like block, her artwork, she rolls it with paint and then she stamps it on these t-shirts. I don't promote every business that comes to me because if I did that, then the people who follow me and my business would be like, so she just likes everything. Like Mm -hmm. what the hell is that? I support Tara though, because she reminds me of my grandmother. I see the talent in her. And if she wants or needs any support with her business, I will 1000% be there for her because I can see what she's capable of. And I want to push her to the next level. Now I'm not going to do that with everybody because I don't think they have the drive that Tara has. Not all artists have the drive that Tara has and that's okay. I'm not the person for them because my, I am here for bottom lines. I'm here to really make a difference in, in the, in the overall dollar. Right. I just got really passionate and overwhelmed no, by no, that. No, no, no. I love that. And I think that you're so right. Not everyone is going to be your customer. That's okay. When yeah. you are real about your demographic, who you're selling to, you will know who your customer is and who's not. You don't need to feel bad if they come look at your product and yeah. they don't make the purchase. That's not for you. I think that one of the best examples is um, when Southwest Airlines was really coming up in the business and like they were, they put shockwaves into the, how air travel was like, because mm-hmm. they were you know, the tickets were inexpensive and they did it. They like had fun with it. They allowed Mm -hmm. their flight attendants to have, you know, fun and to like tell jokes. And it wasn't all this super serious thing. So the CEO of Southwest said, you know, when, um, one of their customers was on a flight and the flight attendant, like sang a song for like, to show how to put the seatbelt on the mask. And we've all seen that a million times. So one of the customers wrote an email, like, complaining. Actually, I don't even know if they were email back then, but a letter complaining to the CEO. And he said, um, we won't miss you or we'll miss you or something like that. And it would just showed that Southwest is like, they don't need everyone to be their customer. They just need the right person to be their customer. So I think that it goes back to that. And some people like the organization of having their seat pre-scheduled. Some people don't, they're fine just to like pay the, the lesser amount of money. And like, I remember when I was in, I was traveling Southwest gave me anxiety because I would like go, I would be in like a list. I remember literally this woman, I was a list for, for Southwest. And this woman like comes up, there's this guy, to be clear, you're in seat like one through 10 at this point when you're A-list. Like the, this is like, this is like top, this is like the creme de la creme of getting to pick your seats. Right. Like there's like, what, like 72 seats on flights. Yeah. Like you're going to get a good seat. Everybody's getting a great seat. Don't worry. And this, this woman, point, yeah, yeah. And this woman comes up and she like, this is my favorite to watch in Southwest lines. And she shows her ticket and she's like, I'm sorry. She didn't even show her ticket. She goes, what number are you? And this guy was like, I'm three. And she like flips her, her ticket up in the air. Like it's a fucking badge of honor. And she's like, I'm number one. So I'm going to go in front of you. And it was like, okay, y'all are pretty much the same. Like you're one in three. It's going to be okay. Yeah, <laughs> like whichever no, way. Exactly. But she really like, I think enjoyed earning that first place spot that she like checked in above everybody else that she earned the A-list position. So like, by all means, woman, take that, that right. number one spot. Maybe she needs to go on a flight that has first class and Southwest isn't for her. And like the CEO <laughs> would say, we'll miss you. Yeah. So the last thing when it comes to sales is closing it. You can't make a sale if you never ask for it. This is the fun part. Yep. This is where all your hard work and all these things that we talked about gets to come to fruition and you get to make that sale and get those endorphins. Yep. Uh, with what you've learned make them an offer they cannot refuse. Okay. And again, you're doing this from a place of being, having a good heart and really hearing their needs and really hearing their wants. You now really understand the customer and you understand the person that you're speaking to. So you can feel really confident that whatever you're providing to this customer or to this person is actually going to be in their best interest to have. So it doesn't feel sleazy. It doesn't feel gross. None of that. And you know that you can make them an offer that they cannot refuse. Um, I say often, this is kind of actually, uh, we'll go into this, uh, be direct. All right. Here's a big thing. And I remember Britain, this really like struck me because I sent an email where Britain and I were both on the email and I was asking for the sale and Britain was like, wow, you just really cut to the point. And cause to me, there's no need to play games. Okay. I am, I'm asking someone to part with their money for what I'm offering them. So they know that. I know that I don't need to tiptoe around the fact that I'm asking you to spend money on me. So if I'm doing that, like I've, I can recognize that 
what I'm offering you is going to bring you value and provide you value. So there's no need for me to like, there's no other reason for me to reach out to you. And in this situation, it's for like, you know, ads, people who want to be in our ad spots. I'm asking you to pay for an ad. That's what I'm asking you to do. So I'm not going to beat around the bush. Like, here's what I can provide you. I have 34,000 listeners. I know that I have a successful podcast and I think that it would be really beneficial for you because, you know, X, Y, and Z reason. Can I have your money? Right. Not that direct. direct. No, no, no. But (laughs) being direct allows you to, for them to trust you because if you're not direct and you're kind of beating around the bush, it seems like you're putting up a smoke screen and they're like, wait, am I seeing all the things? And you could have like true, truly good intentions. Just be direct about them. Oh my God. Imagine dating like all you, and we've all been there, right. In dating where you're just like, they're not saying what they need. They're not being direct. I don't understand what's going on. Like the communication is not consistent. It's not clear. Like get to the point. Mm -hmm. We don't have time to waste. Like you either want to be around me or you don't want to be around me. And if you don't want to be around, then just get out of the way and be direct about it. Yeah. And it will preserve a lot more feeling like preserve feelings and you'll also be able to move on quicker. So be direct, be confident. Confident is being confident in sales is so key. The only, well, you can go. Yeah, this this is, this is in your wheelhouse. I don't like fake. I feel like I can just, I can read it in a room so quickly. Like if I can tell that I think everybody can, but like when I can see that your intentions are not there, I just like, can't have it. So this I don't like where the sleazy car salesman comes in. Yeah. Where like, you know that this person is not being authentic and you know that something's going on behind right. the scenes. Yeah. Like, you know, when somebody's trying to sell you, okay, Britain is a perfect example of like, she just gave the example of like, she tells people not to buy her clothes sometimes because it just doesn't work out for her. That's super authentic. Now she's confident in doing that. And that's the thing that you want to take away from here. This is the only place you can fake it, but you need to understand. And again, you're going back to showing up and being present. I understand that you have a need. I understand that this customer has a need for whatever reason. Maybe they don't see it yet. Maybe they don't understand it. I'm going to fake it. I'm going to fake my confidence in what I have to offer to provide it to them because I know that I can fulfill their need. Maybe I can't fulfill it right now and it's going to take a minute, but I know I can fulfill that need and this person will feel better and they'll be more successful because of the thing that I offered them. And that's the ticket here. If you don't believe what you're offering is great, no one else will. If you didn't have a passion for mental health to help people that are mentally ill, then no one else is going to care. No one cares as much as you. If you don't have that passion and doesn't translate in your sale and you're not confident with it, no one else is going to care. And they can go buy Bath and Body Works candles. Like by all means, like please go. And get a massive headache. Right. So, (laughs) and the last one is juice it. So you're going to want to maximize sales uh, units, opportunities where you can add on to the sale or bring more revenue for your business. This is just, I mean, this is selling 101. Mm -hmm. Where can you add on to your business? I think in your presentation, you gave a great example about the hairstylist. How else can they add on? add on to their service? Is it shampoo? Is it conditioner? You want to talk about that? Yeah. So I think, you know, we're already going to a hairstylist. Let's use a barber, for example, use a different example for this one. You go to a barber, right? A guy that let's talk about somebody who doesn't use very many products at all, right? A barber is going to go into, they're going in, they have all of the tools that they need to give the best service, right? And the customer, the consumer is going to pay for that product, that service, right? So they're starting with a service-based business. The next thing that they have is they have products on the shelf that they bought at wholesale that they're getting a 50% um, margin on that they can sell to the consumer. And ideally the consumer doesn't leave their store without purchasing those products. Now the customer might leave and not purchase a conditioner because men, as we know, typically like a two in one situation and that's a mess. Um, but what you're trying to do is to maximize the unit. So if a men need styling gel, right? So like if the guy is leaving and he doesn't have a two in one product and he doesn't have like a styling product that helped that he used within his service, then you're missing an opportunity in sales there. In addition to that, in order for that barber to even get clients into his store to generate leads at all or into his shop to generate leads at all, he is going to need to promote his product, his products, his services, and his skills on Instagram he's most likely going to be showing those services using, what is it called? The shaver thing. I should have picked a better example of like scissors, scissors, whatever. Who sells those? And how can you generate an affiliate code 
that if like you're going in and you're using a certain comb or you're using a certain hair product that you're getting 20% off of the, the, you know, the code that you're providing to your consumer. So it's again, like affiliate, you're influencing your consumer, you're generating leads. You're also providing a service. Then you're also providing a product that you used in your service. And how can you continue on from there? So that's like really maximizing. Absolutely. And it happens to us as, cause we're all consumers. Every single person is a consumer. Yep. It happens to us all the time. When you're shopping online, it says, don't forget to add these to your cart. And it's like three things that go along. The algorithm puts out that goes along with what you what you're purchasing. When you're at a store, there's all the little things through the checkout line that you add to your basket. And you know, that can be the difference if you do that, if you do it well, that can be the difference in taking your business from a six-figure business to a seven-figure mm-hmm. business. It's just maximizing every sale. If you're adding on to every single sale, it's gonna go a lot longer. And you know, it's just one of the easy ways that you can increase each sale. I wrote this quote for Britain because I love, I love her so much. Rejection is inevitable, and this is what we're gonna leave you with. This is gonna be your your go out into the world and just remember this thing. Rejection is inevitable. Not every hit is a home run. Sometimes it's just a progression on the basis. And that is the summary of sales as a whole. Exactly. So have confidence, you guys go out into the world and, you know, do your thing. If you guys have questions on sales or anything, or just want some advice, we'll be happy to help you Yep. message us. Um, and yeah, come see us, um, at community night, not this week, but next on the 29th, I believe. Yeah. Um, you guys know the deal. Thank you so much for listening to us again. We appreciate you guys so much. You just continue to grow. If you are a new listen listener, thank you so much. Um, if you guys could share, sub- subscribe, and follow, we would love that. And you can find us on Brit on Blast on all social media platforms. And uh, we will see you on another time. Cheers. This podcast was a production of Angel Phoenix Productions. Explore more episodes of this show or other great shows on the Angel Phoenix Podcast Network by visiting angelphoenix.com. The views expressed in this show do not necessarily represent those of Angel Phoenix Productions or its advertisers and may contain language that's unsuitable for younger listeners.